The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Dominic Monaghan is still best known for playing Mariadoc Mary Brandybuck in the film trilogy The Lord of the Rings, as well as Charlie Pace in the hugely popular TV series Lost. He's also guest starred in Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and X-Men Origins, Wolverine. And he's now in this cool new series, Moonhaven, with all new episodes streaming now on AMC+. I've got actor Dominic Monaghan on the line right now in the UK. Hey, Jim. Dominic, welcome. I'm really enjoying your new series, uh, Moonhaven. Oh, you're playing Detective Paul Sarno. The concept being that the future can be bright if we put our minds to it. That really is sci-fi, isn't it, Dominic? Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of sci-fi that we get exposed to nowadays is that, you know, everything's kind of dystopian and, and the future is not great and we've, you know, we've ruined everything and now we're we're living in, you know, a decrepit kind of old industrial areas. But I think yeah. what inspired me in terms of, you know, the overall arcing story of the show from Peter Ocko, our, our showrunner and writer, is that the future could be better, and in this particular way of looking at the future, it actually is better until someone comes along to uh, to ruin it, you know? You know, I, I don't know about you, but I was sold when I heard that Peter Ocko of The Leftovers fame uh, was in charge of this. You must have been very happy about that. Was he the one who pitched you on coming on board? Yeah, so we were still kind of in a in a kind of COVID lockdown when I when I met Peter for the first time, so that was via a Zoom conversation. He's just a very positive, kind of upbeat guy who seems to be, you know, not interested in, in too many kind of complications in terms of making a TV show because they're all there anyway, but, you know, you have yeah. to work with someone who tries to make things more simple uh, as opposed to more complicated. And, um, you know, the scripts were fantastic, the character was really good, and you know, right from the start, I was interested. So that's that's kind of how it occurred. Yeah, you play a lunar detective. What could be cooler than that, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, he um, he's also been part of a community of people for probably two or three generations where nothing has occurred. I think he's probably more of a kind of community leader, make sure that you know kids are going to school. You know, people are getting water across the street. That there's no no traffic, no cats trapped in trees. You know, just kind of pedestrian stuff and then suddenly these murders occur and you know he doesn't really know how to deal with it um explain the family life here because are you raising other people's kids or is it or the other way around what is happening here yeah so the idea on the moon is that you don't get raised by your own birth parents you get Uh raised by random uh parents and (laughs) uh, everybody's children get swapped around and the idea behind that is that um you know, when you don't raise your own kids, they're, all of the children are your kids because you're part of this bigger community that all takes care of each other. It's, it's a rather simplistic, rather naive way to think about um, organizing a community. But for a while there on the moon, it seems to have been working. And then suddenly it all gets called into question once these people from Earth show up. Yeah, and we're, I guess we're to assume that the moon people have maybe higher standards than us Earth people. I would think that's probably fair. They seem to be, you know, uh, well-read and peaceful and uh, certainly idealistic, maybe a little naive about how the world works and how it should work. But, you know, 
I always lean towards positivity as opposed to negativity. So I appreciated that, of course, they're a little uh, immature in their thinking, but uh-huh. their intention is pure and, and uh, beautiful, you know. You have a fellow English person in the cast, Emma McDonald. So do you two bond over British TV shows and football and the like? Yeah, she's not a massive football fan, but she appreciates that I am. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, we obviously spend a lot of time sitting around talking about English food and English sweets and biscuits and stuff. And um, I think this is Emma's like first big job. So obviously it's exciting uh, for her. And, it, and it's kind of fun for me to watch that because, you know, I'm a little old and grizzled now. I've been working for like almost 30 years in the business. So to watch someone, um, you know, be kind of excited about what they do is, is a refreshing thing. Uh, things must be going well because the show's already been renewed for a second season, yeah? Yeah, we got renewed for a second season last week, which is really fantastic news. Um, you know, we love making the show. It's been a it's been a smash hit on AMC, one of their biggest uh, digital TV shows ever. So they were really excited to tell us that and for us to move on. And we go back to, you know, one of the most beautiful places in the world, Ireland, Dublin in Ireland, to uh, make the show a, a lovely crew, a lovely... Um, place to be living in and i get a chance to see my family a little bit more so yeah we're all really excited that's great um and this series that you're doing moriarty the devil's game in audible podcast fantastic is there anything better than the rich world of arthur conan doyle and sherlock holmes i think that's how it all began with us i was sat down with a production company called tree fort media trying to work out something for us all to do and we hit upon this idea of the Sherlock Holmes community, but just kind of spinning it on its head. You know, I would argue that one of the most charismatic characters in the Sherlock Holmes world is Professor Moriarty. He's one of the few people in in that particular canon that actually Sherlock Holmes here and there and keeps him on his toes. So we thought, well, what if he's a man wrongly accused? What if he's a man trying to clear his name? And what if Sherlock Holmes is the bad guy in his world? And from there, we turned it into what is hopefully um, turned into a, a very successful podcast with audible and again that's something that we hope to do again so if anyone out there is listening to that show and they want to help us out if they rate and review the show it will give us an opportunity to make more and more episodes which we really want to do I'll keep that in mind because I really like it. I've talked to many actors who've never watched their own work, and I know that you've answered this question quite a few times lately, but it's still astonishing to me that you've never watched Lost or Lord of the Rings for the most part. Uh, it's it's interesting. You just move on. I know there are other actors who do that as well. Yeah, and it's not strictly true. Someone kind of misquoted me recently. They asked me if I watched the finale of Lost, and I said, no, I, I didn't see it. And they said, what did you think of the show of Lost? And I said, I didn't see it. Now, that, that's not to say that I didn't see individual episodes. When we were making season one, we all tried to get together as a cast and watch the first season. And I think we almost watched the entire first season together as a cast. By the time we got to season two, we were doing a lot of night shoots on the Wednesday night that the show came on. So we ended up missing kind of 10 or 15 episodes in a row. And at that point, this collective getting together of the cast kind of just fell apart. By that point, when I got to season three, I had missed so many episodes that I just thought, (laughs) I don't don't want to go back and watch myself. It feels very egomaniacal. So I stopped watching it then. There's been times where I've walked into bars or walked into certain places and the show's been on or I've been flicking through channels and it's been on, but I just don't subscribe as an actor to sitting down and watching my work. It doesn't make me feel any better about what I do. And also, I'm relatively busy, so usually 
I make a project and then I jump onto another project and I just don't have time to do it. Same right. with Lord of the Rings. We, we obviously watched a whole bunch of screenings of Lord of the Rings, yeah. but I haven't seen a Lord of the Rings film for probably 17 or 18 years. Well, how inspiring was it to work with Peter Jackson? I mean, does it, did it inspire you to, to create, produce, direct, being in that universe? Because you were with him for what, over a decade? Yeah, we're, you know, and I'm still friends with Pete. You know, obviously he brought out that extraordinary... Um, Beatles documentary recently and I'm a huge yeah. Beatles fan so we got a chance to like you know go backwards and forwards and, and talk to each other about that quite a lot because he's a Beatles nerd like me he's a very inspiring person Pete you know I mean not only is he extremely successful and makes incredible projects and works from a place of passion but he's also very unassuming and, and kind and approachable and, and cool you know so I think we were all inspired by his behavior in that regard and you know he's somewhat of a, a mentor for me and um you know someone who I'm, I'm very lucky to call a friend so yeah he's a he's a lovely guy Pete, and uh, hopefully at some point in the not too distant future i can get to new zealand and see him in person any nuggets that he shared with you about the beatles docuseries because boy it sure was great i've watched it a couple times and i'm sure he was amazed as we were how much stuff that was there that we had never seen before yeah i think in its infancy once once i knew that he was working on the the let it be sessions which is what it was called at the time and obviously yeah. became get back you know w when i hit him up and said you know how's that going and how's the footage you know he had emailed me back and he said what's incredible about this footage is they all love each other it's very clear that they're all very close friends right. they all have an extremely um complex beautiful uh, relationship with each other that, that has spanned a long time and what's clear in the way that they uh, interact with each other is they all have a deep respect and love for each other it was painted for a long time that the late these sessions were dark there were arguments they hate each other they were breaking up but on the contrary he was like these guys are really great friends and they have a great time with each other so i think that is the narrative that you wanted to push forward is forget what you think you know about the break of the breakup of the beatles these guys really, really loved each other. They're like brothers. Of course, they fight. But at the end of the day, they have a crazy amount of respect for each other. Boy, it sure changed the narrative, that's for sure. Dominic, such a pleasure. It's Dominic Monaghan on Moonhaven on AMC+. And make sure you check out that podcast, the Audible podcast, Moriarty. So great to talk to you, finally, after all these years. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks, man. It's nice to talk to you, too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I love that Moonhaven has already been renewed for a second season. And how cool is it to just be able to pick up the phone and talk to Peter Jackson about the Beatles docuseries whenever he wanted to. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.